Amen. If you have your Bibles and if you don't, if you have your phone, it'll be on the screen. Uh, Romans chapter 1. And um, Romans chapter 1, if you stand for the reading of God's word, if you can. Amen. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. Paul says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. For I, so for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it that is the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written but the righteous man shall live by faith I want to talk about this morning the right gospel. The right gospel. The truth is sometimes hard to find. Many people today are in search of the truth. Uh, I would say that today, students, is one of the most important days of your life. Um, You leave here to go out to use the skills, the techniques, the training that you've obtained here at TEB Seminary. If I were to summarize everything we have taught you, if I were to say what is the one thing that you have to get right, I would say it would be the gospel. I believe what has put put us all in this room today and brought us all together is the gospel. Do I have a witness? The one thing that I would say if you would take with you would be the gospel. With so many varieties and so many flavors of the gospel today, Satan has set up a counterfeit gospel. As counselors, I exhort you never to rearrange, never to distort, never to debate or deny the gospel. There are today five top false gospels. Number one is the gospel of permissive grace. That is, you could do whatever you want to do because you're under grace. There is the gospel of social justice. Many churches have left off the preaching to cro- the preaching and of the cross and Christ, amen, and have replaced it with doing good to mankind. Marching without the gospel. Picketing without the gospel. Parading without the gospel. 
There is also, number three, the gospel of New Age spirituality. The New Age teaching based on mystical teaching, Eastern culture. Books like The Shack, Amen, and all these other teachings that's out here. The gospel. There is, number four, the gospel of my sexual preference. Churches are reluctant to administer church discipline because they know the power of being shamed and despised and targeted by certain groups today when you speak out against certain sexual preferences. Do I have a witness? Do I have a preaching church here today? There is also, lastly, the gospel of interfaith dialogue where Muslims are coming into churches and using the pulpit to say that there's another version of Islam so we can all get along. Do I have somebody? I want to share with somebody here today that uh, we must remember what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16. He says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents. And innocent as doves. Do I have anybody? We must get the right gospel. We must have the right gospel. Because with the wrong gospel, amen, lives will not be changed. Paul writes to a Gentile Jews and Gentiles under the same roof in Rome. He writes to them now because of the gospel. The gospel has brought them together in this church and he also is preparing them for his visit. He wanted them to be established in their faith. So he writes to them and he says, I'm writing to you because the gospel has brought us together. Turn to your name and say, it's the gospel. Amen. The gospel is offensive. The truth of the gospel is being distorted today. And we, if we don't have a clear understanding of what it is, as counselors, people will come to you and they'll say, I'm bipolar. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm an addict. I'm an angry person. And, and I read something the other day that says, uh, you know, the church has to address mental issues. And I get it. I, I, I got some mental issues. But I realize it's really a heart issue. You wish you, you with me? Amen. It's either a heart issue or a sin issue. And for some reason, we want to pacify people today and we want to include people in a whole lot of things. But I want to tell you something. The gospel can cure your bipolar. The gospel can change your life. The gospel can change your marriage. The gospel can transform you into a new person. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are, I'm talking about the gospel. Amen. Amen. I've tried different styles. I've tried different techniques. I've, I've tried to get a little swag on Sunday morning. I, I tried to, amen, walk around, you know, and try to make the things sound different. But I realized something that doesn't work. The gospel works. The gospel works. And it still works today. Paul writes to this church. And if you look at it, I got, I got five things, maybe six. Uh, 
in verse 14, let's just look at it. I got to go. Verse 14, he says, let's look at it together. He says, I am what? Under what? Obligation. Now that Greek word, the word means to be a debtor. To owe something. Can I ask a question this morning? What do you owe God for what he has done for you? Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody here that feel like you owe God something? I mean, I'm talking about something. Paul says, listen, I want to come to you. I'm in Corinth right now. I'm heading that way. But guess what? I, I, I know that I'm obligated. I have an obligation not to sit and be quiet in the midst of watching people destroy their lives. And here I am. I know the gospel, but I won't say nothing about Jesus. Do I have somebody? And so, so the right gospel, give me the first point. The right gospel makes us debtors. We owe Tell your neighbor, we owe. We owe it to God for what he has done for, ah, maybe he hadn't done, maybe he hadn't done much for you. But can I tell you something? (laughs) Come on, somebody. Somebody can testify that God has done something in your life. You are not the same anymore. Look at your life now. You're better than what you used to be. And I owe. I'm a dead old. We never stop owing. Amen. But it's amazing today, so many people don't feel obligated to the church, to God, and even to sharing the gospel. We got to come up with parties and we got to use all kinds of gimmicks to draw food and fellowship and fun and bounces and the gospel is no longer being preached. We owe. Can I tell you something? The gospel is powerful. The gospel is what brought you here. The gospel is how you got here. Do I have somebody? And somebody was, watch this, courageous enough to share the gospel with you. Come on and say amen. Now, if you didn't come through the gospel, then we need to talk after church. Because then you may have a false sense of salvation because if it didn't come through the gospel. I'm going to tell you what the gospel is in a minute. Look what he says next. He says, I'm under obligation. Both to who? To Greeks. Now I find that word to be, uh, yeah, uh-huh, barbarians. <laughs> Watch this now. He's going to Rome. Now, Rome was a deep place, y'all. Okay, but watch what he says. He says both to what? To, to, to wise and to the foolish. So I said, I said, man, the gospel is so powerful. The next thing is the right gospel makes us debtors, but the second thing is the right gospel doesn't discriminate. The right gospel breaks down intellectuals. 
Come on, somebody. The wives, the rich, the poor. It doesn't matter who you are. Black, white, Chinese, it doesn't matter. The gospel does not discriminate. And if we use the universal message of the gospel, we can break down walls. We can tear down all of the discrimination that we see in our society today if we bring the gospel. Do I have somebody? Don't let people with money and smarts and status intimidate you. Just because they're giving, you got to talk to them about the gospel. You got to talk to them about sin. You got to talk to them about sanctification. You got to talk to them about living for Jesus. Do I have somebody? Hey, the gospel does not discriminate. Paul said, listen, you're Greek, I can talk to you. You're barbarian, amen, you eat with your hands and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I can talk to you if we can talk. The first part of our conversation is the gospel. Do I have a witness? Look, 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 you know what I love about the gospel? The gospel looks at your heart. The gospel deals with the real you. Do I have a witness? The gospel gets down inside of you and it begins to deal with some of the things that you've been struggling with for a long time. Do I have anybody here this morning? You've been struggling with some stuff for a long time. Can I tell you something? The gospel can fix it. Do I have somebody? Paul says... To this church, if you're a Jew, I can talk to you. If you're a Gentile, I can talk to you. If you're rich, we can talk. If you're poor, if you're intellectual, even if you're a fool, you know, the gospel can take a fool like me. I'm a living witness that the gospel could change a fool. <laughs> a to the men. Y'all with me? Amen. Now, don't fall asleep. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. He says, verse 15 now, he says, so for my part, look what Paul says. I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in what? In Rome. So not only is the gospel makes us a debtor, the gospel doesn't discriminate. But the third thing is the gospel must be the main focus of your message. The right gospel. Listen, listen, listen to it with so much new age teaching, so much motivational messages. Now, I know there's a balance. You got to balance out your teaching, right? But make sure at the end of your teaching that the gospel is somehow wrapped up in it. Because without Jesus, it's just another message. Without Jesus, there's no power in it. And I'm talking to somebody. He says, I am eager, eager to do what? To preach the gospel. Paul says this in verse 1. He says he was set apart for the gospel. In verse 9, he says he was preaching the gospel of his son. And in verse 15, he says, now I'm eager to preach it. And I want to say, say to, our, to our students today, amen, 65 times. In Paul's epistle, he mentions the word gospel. Do you think it was an important ingredient? Do you think it's an important element? And wherever you go to church today, I hope that they're preaching the gospel. Do I have anybody? 
Listen, listen, today's preaching is more of a motivational speech. Now, I don't have a problem motivating people. There's a self-help gospel, the message of tolerance that tickles the ears of the hearers so that they're not moved to change, they're moved to conform to something that will never change them. The gospel. Preach the gospel. Make sure that the main focus of your message, when you're counseling people, when you are praying for people, when you encounter different types of people from different denominations and faiths, make sure that you present the gospel. I'm sorry, the right gospel. The right gospel. Look what he says next in verse 16. He says, for I am. Now, he says, I'm not ashamed. Why did he say that? He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because here's the thing. I'm going to the barbarians. I'm going to the Greeks. I'm going to the Gentiles. I'm going to the Jews. And guess what? I'm not always going to be liked. See, you're not in this thing to be liked. You're in this thing to help people change their lives. Amen. I don't want to hoop you. I want to help you. You you, you follow what I'm saying? I I don't want to excite you. I want to transform you. Y'all done made me come down from the pulpit. It done got good to me now. Oh, Lord, it done got good. Look, look, look what he said. What's the next point? Give me the next point. He said the right, they said the right gospel may not be popular but preach it anyhow. Preach it anyhow. Tell them that he hung, bled, and died. Oh, I wish I, I'm going to go there in a minute. My brother said, go on and get it, man. Go on and get that thing. Amen. Listen, preach it. Listen, you're not going to be popular. People are going to look at you sideways. Amen. They're going to look you up and down. Matter of fact, they may even question your credentials. But you preach it anyhow. The right gospel. Paul said, I ain't shame. You know why he said, now, now, now watch this. Up to this verse, he has used the word I am three times. He says, number one, I am under obligation. He says, number two, I am eager. And then number three, he says, I'm not ashamed. If you keep that formula, come on, somebody, come on and say, I'm under obligation, I'm eager, and I'm not ashamed. Come on, let's try it one more time. I'm under obligation, I'm eager, and I'm not ashamed. Because you're not going to be popular. You may not, you may see this guy over here starting when you started, and they may look like they got a little bit more than you. But stay faithful. Stay committed. Stay committed to the right gospel. You may not be popular, but don't take it personal. Do I have somebody? Don't take it personal. They hated Jesus. And his message wasn't popular. Amen. Do I have somebody? Listen, 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 listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. He goes on to say, let me hurry up. He says, now, I'm not ashamed. Verse 16, I'm still there. Why is he not ashamed? He says, because it is. See, this is why why I've been trying to get to. 
See, I thought, I used to think like, you know, if I give, you know, good points and if I just kind of put it in a nice little package and, you know, put nice little graphics on it, you know what I mean? And I had a room full of people who always, who looked the same. They just dressed differently. They just smell differently. But whenever you're preaching and teaching the gospel, watch this, you will see a transformed life. Anybody here been transformed? In here, in here, come on, come on, y'all. You're not what, I'm not just, talk, come on, y'all. You're not what you used to be. Come on, somebody, you're better than you used to be. You Listen, this version of you is because the power of the gospel is what has changed you. Lord have mercy. Look what he said. Look, 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 look. Give it to him. Give us the next one. The right gospel. Next. The right gospel has the power to save. The right gospel. Listen to this. This word, this word power. Deutimus, right? Uh, Deutimus has a lot of different pictures to it, right? Deutimus power, people say it's like dynamite, right? Dynamite, you know. You know. <laughs> Watch this. But the one word that I love about Deutimus power, it's a miracle. It's miraculous power. I want to tell somebody something. It's a miracle that I'm standing here today. I'm saying one more time. It's a miracle that I'm standing. It's a miracle that you're sitting here today because you had a different plan for your life. Anybody had a different plan for their lives? Come on, somebody. You, you were on a different course. You were heading in a different direction. Come here, Paul. Amen. You, you were on the Damascus road. You, you were headed somewhere hot. Amen. That's hell. You were headed in that direction. But watch this, but the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel changed the course of your life. The right gospel produces transformed life. Watch this, watch this. When people meet with you to counsel you and you present the right gospel, they will change. Marriages will be healed. Children will come out of, hey, lives will change. He says, for in it, look at the text, for in it, it is the what? Power of God. The miracle, the miracle, the power to lift off the veils off your eyes so that you can see the word. The power for you to see what God has for you. The right gospel. Now, now when he says the word save, he says he saves you from the past sins. From the penalty of sins. Come on somebody. From the present sin. That is the power of sin. From the future sin. It is saves you from the very presence of sin. I, it's not that I'm not going to sin, but I got the power 
to recognize, watch this, when I am sinning and I can repent. Remember when sin was good to you? I'm telling you, I used to love to sin. I ain't going to lie to you. You can say whatever you want to say. I love me some sin. It was good. It was good on Monday. It was good on Tuesday. It was good on Skip Wednesday, Friday. And especially on Saturday. But now that I recognize because of the gospel, I'm sorry, the right gospel. I got to specify that because of all the different gospels today. Look what he says next. He says, I'm going to sit down. Yeah, for real. Uh, he said, uh, where am I? Okay, he says right here, it is, the, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who what? To the who first. And also the who. Verse 17, for in it, that is again, for it, see, you could find a lot of stuff in the, in, in the gospel. But you know what I love about this word, my definition. What's my definition? Got some students What's my definition of righteousness? Tell your neighbor, I can live right now. Tell your neighbor, I can live right now. I can live right. You know how I can live right? People think righteous is be, you got to walk around. No, I don't do nothing wrong. I'm saved. And you, listen, the gospel, in it, there's the power of God. But he gives you the power to live right. He gives you the power. You didn't just decide how you're going to live. I understand the word of God and I can live right because I have received and accepted the gospel. So lastly, the gospel must be believed by faith and lived out by faith. We can't force anybody to believe. God, by way of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, has to open your heart to the gospel. And somebody here this morning, I believe that maybe you haven't received the right gospel. I believe that maybe Satan has hoodwinked you. I believe that he may have deceived you into believing that there is a different gospel. But I want to tell somebody what the gospel is. The gospel is the birth the life, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you got to believe that by faith. Do I have a witness here? Do I have anybody here this morning that you have received the gospel? In 1980, there was a man by the name of Lee Strobel. He was an atheist journalist. 
He was also an investigative reporter who was married to an unbeliever. Lee was a real atheist. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Lee didn't want anything to do with God. But one day they went into a restaurant and his daughter started to choke and there was a nurse who was sovereignly placed there by God. And she went over and saved the life Amen. Of his daughter. His wife credited to God. But Lee said, no, that can't be God. And I just want to read for a minute Lee's words when his wife accepted the right gospel. Lee said, my wife invited me to church where I heard the gospel explained in a way I could understand it. While I didn't believe it, I realized that if it were true, I would have big, it would have big implications for my life. So I decided to use my journalism experience and my legal expertise, hallelujah, to investigate whether or not, hallelujah, there was any credibility to Christianity. Lee says for the next two years, I investigated science philosophy and history. I read literature both pro and con, quizzed experts and studied archaeology. But on November 8th, 1981, alone in my room, I took a yellow legal pad and began to summarize the evidence that I had encountered in light of the scientific evidence that points towards a creator and the historical evidence of the resurrection of Jesus, I came to this conclusion. (laughs) Hallelujah. In order for me to maintain my atheism, I have to have more faith in atheism than in Christianity. I have to believe that nothing produced everything. Non-life produced life. Randomness produces fine-tuning. Chaos produced information. Unconsciousness produces consciousness. And non-reason produces reason. Those leaps of faith was too hard for me. In other words, after my assessment, I realized that Jesus is real. Do I have a witness? You see, when you have the right gospel, you can investigate, you can regulate, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're going to come to one conclusion, that Jesus is the real deal. Do I have anybody here that has the right gospel? Do you know him? Have you tried him? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. I thank God today that I have the right gospel. The right gospel. The right gospel.